Welcome, traveler, to Dungeons and Dialectics, the synthesis of tabletop role-playing games, philosophy, and theology. Joey. Hey, Matt. Joey, I have a question for you. Oh, well, you know, go ahead and shoot. Joey, have you, uh, have you ever traveled backwards in time? What? Yeah, you know, like time travel. Like, I was at Disneyland the other day, and there's this bit where you get on a train, and you're in the Grand Canyon, Matt. and then you go back in time. Matt, Matt, what the fuck are you talking about? This isn't... You're supposed to ask me about ca- ending. Ending a campaign. Uh, well, all my notes are about time travel. What do, you, what do you mean they're about time travel? That's even... That's weak sauce time travel. All you see is, like, dinosaurs. It's pretty cool. I mean, you know, it's it's... See, the thing is, we waited like 18 hours to get on the train because there were all these people. So after that long of a wait, it felt pretty cool to see dinosaurs. But, but, Matt, no, no, no. okay, wait, wait, you're to start over and ask me about ending campaigns because we just wrapped up a pretty intense campaign. It was, it was, it was, um, it was like six years, right? I don't know. Six years in the making. It was like seven, 17 years in the making, and um, it really ended with a whimper, just like my experience <laughs> at the Grand Canyon. <laughs> just like my experience <laughs> at Disneyland with the time travel. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, it, uh, it, all, it all comes together full circle. Yep, there it is. <clears throat> Boom. Ended, ended with a whimper. whimper. What a... It ended with a whimper, and also what? Korean barbecue, because we went out for Korean barbecue after, which was... And, and, you know, this is just a side note on the Korean barbecue. We got to the Korean barbecue place, and the first thing I said was, oh, I've actually been here before. It's really good. And I kept mentioning, oh, this on the menu is really good. Oh, their spicy pork um, is really good. This is great. And everybody's like, what the fuck are you talking about, Joe? Why are you, like, acting like you're some Korean barbecue expert? And, like, no one believed that I had been there before. It was so strange. It was a little weird, like, oh man, what do you mean you haven't been to, what do you mean you've been to Korean barbecue before? <laughs> I, was, I was like, I was like, I've been to this restaurant before, and they're like, you have? Why would you come here? Because I like fucking Korean barbecue, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I could tell you liked it, because you, you ate a lot more than the rest of us, you fat piece of shit. I know, I know, well, you know, I, I burn a lot of calories because I run, as we've, as we've discussed. Oh, that's true. Yeah. We were discussing how much fitter you are than I am because I walked like 10 miles, I walked like 15 miles, 25 miles and okay. my feet. Okay, audience, the first time he said this, he said he walked like five miles yesterday and... It's got to be more than five. I have no idea how many miles I walked, but let me just say this. Let me just say this. You feel like shit. Uh, no, see, I, like my like my actual physical uh, body, I feel fine. Your spirit. But my feet your, don't feel fine. No, my spirit feels fine, too. Are your, are your feet not part of your physical body now? Like, what does that mean? No, I don't think so. Oh, no, okay. I, <laughs> they're more like They're more like danglers, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't really identify with them. They're just there. Auxiliary. They're auxiliary. They're auxiliary dangle, danglers. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, so maybe I'm going to throw this question back to you, Matt. Tell me about the ending of your campaign. Well, uh, so here's what happened. Uh, there we were at the end of the world, or actually it was a year before the end of the world because... No, okay, Matt, okay, I'm going to stop um, you right there because you're butchering the story. Tell me, okay, I have questions. No, I'm not! 
Where? Oh, you didn't even let me get to Okay, okay, do get, the thing. Get, do, there we are. Let me get this thing off the ground. All right, all right, all right. Go ahead and start okay. it now. So there we were at the end of the world because it turned out that Garrix the Destroyer, the great dragon who's going to destroy the world and remake it, uh, was let loose by the players somehow. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. And he was free. And we had a year to figure out how to stop him. And it was like a year where we basically just role-played what we did for that year, right? You, like, announced it. You didn't actually role-play it out. Well, yeah, I guess we just said that we did certain things, right? Yeah. Um, but I role-played it, because I'm, I'm that good. Yeah, Matt really commits. I really committed. And, uh, of course, nobody was able to do anything of substance, because uh, they all suck. Yes. Except uh, Mike, who is, is, is solved it, all the problems or something. Is it because they suck, or because they were restrained by the some artifice of the Dungeon Master? I would argue that it can be both. And it was both. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, because they were restrained in such a way that they couldn't, I think, actually solve any issues. Uh, but also, nobody uh-huh. tried to solve any issues. Why don't you? Why don't you actually like explain what happened? Like, tell us what happened. <laughs> when? Okay. <clears throat> I don't fucking know what happened. I was I was playing the other campaign. I just showed up. Oh my gosh. I've been out of town for all eight right, months. All right, Matt, you're going to start over the story, but you have to tell people, oh, this is the campaign. This is what we're doing. And then suddenly we got to this place where we did this thing. And how did it, how did it come about that this year was happening? How did you realize Garrick's like make it come alive? So there I was and it was uh, the end of the world. Uh, that's it. That's all I got. So, audience, this is what actually happened. We are after after years of playing. We have referenced the quote unquote casino play, the casino campaign that has nothing to do with the casino at this point. And as you all may recall, there's this group adventuring in the prime material plane, and they're going around like collecting rings for some big game. All of a sudden. Uh, that was the past, like, two or three years. And then the rest of us are off in pandemonium going to see some, like, demon that Vincenzo, the worst character ever after old Ben, needs to find. (laughs) And we finally found this demon, and we got this... I don't even remember what we got. It was a, um... We got these, like, four components to a ritual. There was a... We got a sphere. A sphere. We got an orb. Where did we get the components to the ritual? Uh, that trickster gave it to us. Which trickster? The trickster god. What was his name? Like, Olidamara? No, no, no. Some doofus. What was his name? Like, it started with a C. Trickster god. D&D. I don't know. Was he, like, for real, or did they make him up? It was Sirik. It was Sirik, yeah. Yeah. So Sirik gave us this like weird thing for a ritual. These like four components, like like scrolls that we had to read, and then we got this orb from the demon that Vincenzo had a pact with, Kamala. No relation. None at all. <laughs> no relation. 
interesting though that we use this uh, this pseudonym to refer, or we use this this name that actually appears in real life in the fantasy game. Fascinating. Well, no, I mean this this the thing is like we've been playing this so long that nobody had ever heard of Kamala Harris before we did it. You know what I mean? It was it was a mere coincidence. What do you mean before we did it? Before Kamala or Kamala or whatever was assigned as my demon, (laughs) um, like nobody, nobody on earth, no, nobody in our group like knew anything about Kamala Harris. It was, I was assigned this demon way before she entered the public stage or whatever. So you, no one knew about Kamala, the demon to whom you were pledged. Later, your character found out about it, but separate from all the other characters in the like main storyline in the prime material plane. But then when we were adventuring in Pandemonium, uh, that's when that's when I joined the campaign with my plague wizard and when uh, Jorthorod joined the campaign and a really annoying person with a fake Flemish accent. Um, was, Whom we will not discuss. He was a horrifying human, human being or gnome. Or Let's just say he gave me $20. <laughs> yeah, he did. And... Um, and so the rest of us are adventuring in Pandemonium, so we know that Kamala is the demon. And we get the special ritual scrolls from Sirik, and we get the special orb from Kamala. And all of these components, the rituals and the orb, are things that we can use to bind this huge evil dragon named Garrix. Garrix. Who is going to bring about the end of the world or something. Or something, yeah. Or something's is is important because you know who who really gives a shit let's be real exactly and those of us who've been adventuring in pandemonium we are keyed into this we know all of this in theory i will be honest um visrax knew jack shit about this but i think that was mostly my fault um yeah yeah it was and and when we played the when we came we were all told it was going to be the final session it was when i was back visiting home in the united states and so I was able to be there in person, but I was a surprise. And so as the rest of the, the people were playing their characters that had been adventuring in the Prime Material Plane this whole time, I went and hid in the closet for like two hours. We hid you in the garbage can behind Max's house for two hours. I was, I was in a garbage can for two hours. I really, I was really selling the like the disgusting plague mage thing that I had, I had been yeah, uh, cultivating. Yeah. And there was a dirty needle disposal uh, center right outside of the house. And we just put you in there. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You know, a la saw too. And yeah, <laughs> it was very saw. <laughs> um, and so actually side note on the saw movies, those are some great inspirations for like Dungeons and Dragons puzzles. The, the early ones, not the, not the newer ones that are like really over the top. Uh, wow. Yeah. This is, we should talk about this more another time. We definitely this should. Is a good, this is a good little, this is a good little topic. Yeah. Everyone needs to, everybody's looking for puzzle ideas. Saw. Anyway. <laughs> so I'm sitting in there and what's happening while I'm in the closet, I have no, or in the, in the garbage can with the needles is, I don't know, but uh, Matt, why don't you, uh, what was the lead up to this year that you spent just kind of like living your lives? Well, okay, so let me just clarify quickly. So one difficulty with this is that I had two characters. Actually, you did two, but one of them yes. died, I guess. So Well, one of them died while I was off screen, and I was pissed off. Yeah, well, they were going to kill my other character off screen as well, but Mac, our friends Mac and uh, 
Nina decided not to go to their solo session, so in fact he didn't die. <laughs> that sounds like a total Mac and Nina move. It was a total Mac and Nina move. So I had two characters, Vincenzo the Warlock and Bad Billy the character whom, whom, yeah, whom I based on uh, Tiger King and the Island of Dr. Moreau because I was really into those two things when I made this character. We uh, we talked about him in our alignment episode if you want to go back and get some, some context. You want to go back and get some... Some deets on Bad Billy. <laughs> so I was playing, because the Pandemonium campaign was separate, Jorthorod, Bad Billy, or uh, Vincenzo, and uh, Viserax were all somewhere else at the beginning of the day. We were still in Pandemonium, I think. They were still in, yeah, I think so. Uh, so I, for the first like couple hours, because this lasted all day, was playing as Bad Billy. And uh, I had some, you know, I had some little, uh, some good, like, little... Uh, episodes some good little uh things i did like for example griselda the witch we were falling in a void okay and griselda the witch was uh, flying her broom and she's like oh i'm not falling because i'm flying my broom and then i using my superior grappling skills drop kicked her lassoed her and threw her off her broom and, and stole her broom and was flying around on her broom uh that's an aside but i really enjoyed doing that yes okay so we basically had the party through. So I hadn't actually been there for like the last eight months of in-person play of the of the main like group of people because we were doing our pandemonium thing because all of us were out of town. So what was Bad Billy Bootstraps so, doing during that time? Well, I guess I'd showed up for like Christmas and had played like one game as Bad Billy. What was he doing all that time yeah. when I wasn't there? Yeah, um, he was doing what any background character does and just. Happy. He was just there, sitting there, <laughs> doing nothing. <laughs> um, Damn. You know how it is. You know how it is. Uh, so I, th- what I gather, what happened is like the king of this um, sort of kingdom that the whole game had taken place in, yeah, had been furtively replaced by the soul of Garrix. Like he, I don't know exactly what happened to the actual king, but like Garrix had projected part of his essence into the monarchical throne room and he was like a pseudo king and he was using that position to try to i don't know get i guess get the situation such that he could be liberated and then destroy the world because he'd been bound up in uh pandemonium by by kamala the various other gods oh. no i don't think kamala bound oh, him. i think uh, that's right someone else. that's why we saw we met like all those other gods in pandemonium and it was were... garl glitter gold yeah. who bound him yeah, it was garl glitter and he's like oh i bound this this evil dragon named Garrix who wants to destroy the world. And like three sessions from the end, at least my character was like, who the fuck is Garrix? Like, what is, where did this guy come from? Well, I mean, maybe that's, yeah, I had no idea who Garrix was until like the last day of the campaign. So he was the big bad of campaign. And, uh, you know, that's what I found out on the last day. Anyway. Um, so the party who was in our hometown, uh, decided it was prudent to let him go. I think they got tricked by the, the evil, like the fake king. Dipshits. Bunch of dipshits. And so Garrix is free, and he's going. He's destroying all the other planes. He can destroy yeah. the material plane last. Oh, and that's why it takes a year. So, and that's why it takes a year. So everybody's thinking, okay, DM says, you have a year to figure out how to stop him. And everybody, you know, says their little thing. Or do whatever you want for the last year. Yeah. Maybe you accept that your your doom is imminent, and you decide to, to party down for a year. So what Bad Billy did with his year was continue to work on his his formula, mm-hmm. his secret formula, because he wanted to transcend 
you know, the, the human race and become like this new pure breed of tiger men. Not like were tigers, but like this like spiritual tigers, you know what I mean? Like pure, what? something pure. Wait. He wanted to be like a pure spiritual tiger, you know? Wait, so he didn't want to be a physical being? He did want to be a physical tiger, but more importantly, he wanted to be a spiritual tiger. <laughs> what? You know, you're a theologian, you get it. I really, I really don't. He wanted to like channel the, the Jaguar Transformer as we see in early Mesoamerican cultures like the Olmec. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is um this is pretty this is pretty wild. This does actually though It's complicated stuff. It um it reminds me there's like a word and it's it's dumb and I hate it. But it's uh Poiesis. What is this? It's like epipoiesis or something. It's like, um, what the fuck? I know, I know. Happy poiesis. Uh, this is some Greek bullshit. It is some Greek bullshit, but it's like used in in biology. It's like the the tendency for as you know, uh, living living organisms evolve, they tend towards like greater complexity. And I had I wanted to be very complex. Exactly, I wanted to be a very complex tiger man. I had one. I had one professor who was like, this was his thing. His he was like, oh, I use this word of uh, epipoiesis to excuse me to talk about uh, the ways that when we're resurrected it's a very like biological phenomenon that it's not like we come back as our normal bodies we become epipoiesed and it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense but that's what you, it, you, it makes you get like very you get an even more complicated body yeah which means just like spiritual but it's like his way of saying oh it's a spiritual resurrection but without yeah, having yeah. to say so, it's spiritual because that's like heresy or whatever so like bad billy um was a follower of the of the doctrine of epipoiesis and he realized that if he were able to perfect his formula that he was working on with his assistant john the doctor um, he would be able to resurrect himself in all of the the world in this sort of epi- epipoiotic, epipoietic, yeah. uh, complex body that was like spiritually, ma- it's like fully fully man and spiritually tiger. <laughs> oh shit! You know, I think it, it might actually be autopoiesis. Well, no, I'm working on a new concept. Oh, okay, um, got it, got it. Just as long as we're clear. Yeah, yeah, I'm developing something a little more, uh, a little more nuanced, a little more complicated. Anyway, um, so he didn't succeed. As far as I know. And after the year, we were like, wow, nobody figured out how to do anything. I think Mike's character, Firmus Locke, uh, maybe found, like, th- he figured out that some god named Cyric had some kind of pathway to solving this, but that was all he could figure out. He basically didn't get any sort of potent information, right? Yeah. Um. So everybody, everybody just fucked around for a year, and then, boom, like lightning out of the sky, the three great saviors, Jorthorod, Vincenzo, and Viserax, appear on the scene with all of the information necessary to solve the issue. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it was worthless. And so it was all worthless, and then uh, Garrix appeared, and we we then knew what to do, right? Basically, we had to weaken Garrix so we could use this orb. We could use with the orb. We could like read the ritual and trap him. Yeah. yeah. So basically, what, something. What like it was that. is the the ritual had these like four components, and the final component was you had to get the orb next to Garrix and read like a weakened Garrix, a weakened Garrix, and then somebody else had to read their little sheaf of paper, and he would be trapped in the orb. And once he was trapped in the orb, whoever held the orb would get like superpowers or something like that. 
Well, see, nobody people the nobody knew that except the three of us. Exactly, we knew that. Well, this is the thing: no one who was, we kind of knew that. No one who had been playing in person consistently for all this time knew because it had only knew been what the told fuck to was us. Going on. We didn't know yeah. because we weren't paying any attention. That's right. And so, I my character was very surprised when this was like even on the table that he might have yeah, like, these yeah. amazing powers. I think we should have just stayed... Oh, well, the pandemonium got destroyed, so I guess we couldn't have stayed there. Anyway, um, and then, you know, Garrix does the Ghostbusters thing of, like, choose the arena of, of yeah. destruction where you will do battle with me, you know? And yeah. Then our uh, character, Barack Obama, who who uh, was made by the one person on our party who always makes characters like this, whose name will be omitted... Um, Unless he gives us more money, in which case will not be omitted. <laughs> yeah, the one who played the Flemish gnome was the the yeah. third worst character after Vincenzo. And yeah, right. Um, I think Bad Billy is the best character ever. Bad Billy is is definitely top ten. That's for sure. He's a top ten character. Yeah. Anyway, um, he's like, oh, I with his bad Obama voice. Well, actually, he wasn't there, but the DM yeah. did the bad yeah. Obama voice said, oh, you know, I thought of the one place that was, like, my favorite place, uh, the casino. Where everything started. Where everything started, that's right. Yeah. Return. So, uh, the whole world was destroyed, I guess, and the casino was turned into, like, a game board for us to fight him on, and it had special effects, like, there was a roulette phase in which... Uh, you know, he would do a random number roll, and if it, like, the ball hit a certain number, we, we, a certain effect would happen on the field, and there was going to be a craps phase. No, no, no. No, he did, that was roulette, we didn't do craps. Wait, what? We did not Yeah, the phase that. we did was, was roulette, we skipped craps. Oh, thank God. Because I, having been to Vegas, now know how to play craps. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, it's actually extremely simple. Anyway, <laughs> um, it's extremely simple once you realize like ninety five percent of the craps board you shouldn't ever look at or put money on. I, having watched Guys and Dolls, also know how to play craps. We should play craps. Yeah. Basically, we they, okay. He anyway, made it's like small, or he made the board big. It was unclear, and then we were fighting on the board. Random shit would happen, and he would like fly under the table, and there was this very exciting part of like I really enjoyed playing my character because. My character has like a few things that he can do, but yeah. one of his main things is, um, what is it? It's like, yeah, he's he's hideous because he's like covered in boils and like ugliness. Yeah, he's like uh, Matt's ideal picture of resurrection. Yeah, and callbacks. Right. <laughs> and I was just gonna say that I was gonna make that reference. And, but my my guy's really good at like moving people around the battlefield or like supporting other characters. So he's like casting haze, and then. As the dragon's like flying around, my character can get to the dragon. So he gets to the dragon and he casts like benign transposition, which switches places with another character. So then the other character gets the full attack or yeah. one of the characters was like flying around and the dragon caught up to her and she's like, oh no, I got to get out of here. And I was like, that's fine. I'll switch you with the paladin who's, I assume he was playing a paladin because Jimmy K always plays a paladin. And yeah, he was a paladin. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> and so then Jimmy K could fight him. But then the best part was that the 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 tigers were. Oh, my God. <laughs> in my mind. Bad Billy's tigers. Bad Billy bootstraps tigers in my mind were disposable because 
I was they like, were disposable. I was like, compared to any of these other characters, like this is this is fine. So yeah, when the dragon was flying, Garrix was flying below the table, uh, the the roulette or craps table, whatever it was. And it was I, roulette, brother. Oh, well, like, who knows? <laughs> God, you don't like being wrong. <laughs> 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 who who could say what it is? <laughs> who could say? Uh, I feel I feel seen. <laughs> and so he's flying Garrus flying under the table and I switched the paladin with uh, with the flying witch lady and he um, and then the paladin like falls off the dragon and can't fly which I don't get I mean we're like 16th level by this point like you should be able to fly and mm-hmm. and he was a dragon man he was st- or no wait was he Gosh. no no I'm confusing him with a different character yeah, no, but he was a paladin in both times but only one was a dragon man this was a normal man <laughs> that's true and so he starts falling and I'm like okay I'll save you by switching you with one of the tigers except mm-hmm. one of the random effects that had happened as a result of this roulette table was that people had switched like bodies so yeah. I think it was it was Max's character had switched with a tiger yeah and so suddenly, and I didn't know this, so then suddenly Max was in the tiger body, plummeting to the ground. <laughs> uh, oh no. But you know what? You just reminded me of another tiger-based story. Like, all the best things that happened that day were from tigers. a result of Bad Billy's fuckery with tigers. So, Bad Billy, like the Tiger King, was not a good steward to his tigers. <laughs> oh yes! And, um, his tigers apparently hated him, I had no idea. And so, when the body swaps happened, the souls of the tigers were swapped into regular player character bodies, right? So they had, like, this really high-level shit. And Bad Billy's soul was swapped, I believe, into... He was talking to somebody's body. I think it was Griselda's body. Because he was... Well, I don't want to spoil the story. So, it turns out that Griselda, the witch, whose broom Bad Billy had stolen earlier that day and already pissed off her her player... um, (laughs) Her soul was swapped into Bad Billy's body. And the Tigers, being too stupid to understand what was going on, used their newfound powers <laughs> to kill Bad Billy's body. <laughs> because yep. he'd been abusing them. However, they just managed to kill Griselda instead. Um, and Bad Billy survived in, Gre- in Griselda's body. So for the rest of the day, Bad Billy was a witch named Griselda. <laughs> Who died. Basically. Oh, Who no. Died. Who survived. So. Oh, and then... Ne- Bad Billy survived, and Griselda's body survived, and but Griselda's soul and Bad Billy's body and died. And then Nina got to play Bad Billy Bootstraps. As Griselda. Being Griselda. It was... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, I, I made her do the voice. <laughs> it was good, it was good. And then... so we pretty beat, good job. We beat this phase of the of the battle. Roulette phase. And then audience... This is when the, this is when the shit really hit the fan. Yeah. We appeared in, like, a kitchen... And we played Overcooked. Yeah, we basically played a mini game where the dragon was kind of in the center of the room, and he we couldn't damage him until we could make an omelet in the kitchen. And so we had to, we were small, and we had to go like make an omelet. Yeah, the kitchen of the the, the restaurant of the casino was named uh, Egg Slut. Yeah, which is the, so we made eggs. It's a real restaurant. So we, but you know, I guess Max Max C, not Max S, really was into eggs with his characters, chicken based and egg based. Well, yeah, and that makes sense. But yeah, I will. You know, I will be honest. Yeah, 
it wasn't my favorite part of the battle. No, I think the roulette phase was the most interesting. Were I to decide, I mean, maybe the DM, Dan, was worried it would go on too long because it was already going on a long time, but I would have replaced the kitchen phase with maybe the the craps phase or the roulette phase, depending on who's right. You know, who could say? Um, Well... This is this the thing is there were like thirteen people yeah there's at too the many people playing this game, it was just, it was a lot it was a lot and so the turns you know the turns would take so long yeah. and especially like a lot of us we weren't playing every like we weren't even playing like once a month so I I certainly felt like every time I picked up my character I had to sort of like reteach myself how to play um, right because it was like maybe that's why I'm so bad at D and D yeah I mean you know that's that's a big part of it and especially because we. You know, up until recently, because apparently everybody hates 3.5 now. Not me, baby. I still love 3.5. It's the best edition. Yeah. Well, Pathfinder's better, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, 3.5 and Pathfinder, you play... Your characters are a lot more complicated, yeah. you know, for better or for worse. Um, I say it's my favorite edition, then I'm spending, like, the past, like, two minutes complaining about it. Yeah, Pathfinder, what a shit show. <laughs> it's, um, but it's so complicated that you really do have to reteach yourself how to play... Uh, every time you pick up your character and especially like if you're a dungeon master you have to teach yourself how to play every single monster Oof. or god forbid you play a spellcaster. holy shit Oof. um so yeah it just it took a really really long it took a and really some people long still time. don't know how to play the game well you know some of after us six are, years of know, playing this campaign well, it is what it is anyway um yeah. so a highlight of that phase was when jimmy k decided to break an egg over the grill without remembering that we were making omelets, so he wasted one of our key eggs and it made it take, like, twice as long. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The worst. He just cooked. He made an um, over-easy egg. That should have empowered Garrix, to be honest. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's... Uh, Garrix is fueled by... by eggs. Kitchen mistakes. <laughs> he's like Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No kitchen mistakes only make me stronger! So, after that phase, it transitioned into sort of the quote-unquote final phase in which Garrix was weakened and all we had to do was get the sphere close enough to him and yeah. read the read the uh the yeah the scroll or whatever unfortunately yeah. at this point everybody started scrambling like nobody knew what was going on except the three of us so Jorthrod exactly. basically tried to kill you and he did I believe kill yeah. you well what it, no what it was was this is the thing. Imagine this. 13 people and only three people understand the stakes of what is about to yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, whoever is holding the orb when we trap Garrix gets the superpowers to, like, remake the world in their image. And so my character has the orb, and I dash over, I slide under, or I, I think I used one of my um, one of my weird, like, teleporting abilities. Oh, yeah, yeah, I used my abrupt jaunt, and I... S- appeared right below Garrix, and I shouted out to Jorthrod, who had the scroll. I was like, Jorthrod, cast the ritual. Let's defeat Garrix. And Jorthrod looks at me with my pus-filled, like, body, and he's like, fuck this. I know that the world that you are going to make, if you can remake the world in your image, is going to be pus-filled and gross and yucky and diseased. And I want to remake it my own way. So... He stands there and he says, no. no. And I'm like, no, come on, really, you gotta do this. And he stands there and he's like, no. I'm gonna attack you. Wait a second, I'll just let Garrix kill you so Garrix wastes his turn. And so Garrix <laughs> incinerated me. Oh my god. Like, I'm a, I'm a fucking caster. 
like right next I'm barely even a caster. Um right next to mostly an archangel. This is like old Ben and what's her name all over again. <laughs> exactly. And uh Satana. And I, I appear under the, the dragon and I just get like like fucked. And you get melted. That was the uh that was the end of my second character in this campaign. And Yeah. Then I Yeah, because your first guy wasn't even there that day. He just had died before, right? Yeah. Boris. Exactly. Yeah, yeah Boris died off screen and it was it was disappointing to me. It's tragic. But they, he was redeemed, and we'll get to that to that later. So Nice. Um I died. What happened next, Matt? Because I was dead. I didn't I don't even know. <laughs> well, I mean, after that it became a total shit show of everybody trying to be like, what the fuck is going on? And yeah. then they, people were fighting over the scroll because nobody else except now Max and me knew what was going on, basically. And Mike, Mike figured and it they, out. I don't think he figured it out then and there, in fact. Uh, be, I think he figured out something was up, but anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Eventually, I read my scroll, because we all had scrolls, yeah. and then Garrix was sucked into the orb, and Mike, being in ignorance about what was going on, opened one of his little portals, because he was a portal guy, oh, yeah. and the orb fell through into the to the void, and everybody jumped in after it, except me and Mike and one other guy. No, it's just you. Who was like Max's. Um, no, Jorthrod jumped. Ma- no, I think Max's yeah. secondary character was there. Cordondor? I don't think Max's secondary oh, yeah, character yeah. jumped. No, what's his name? Jorthrod. No, so Jorthrod jumped in after the orb because he wanted it, and a bunch of people jumped Jorthrod in. Jorthrod was the first thing because he was like, I need this orb because I need to remake yeah. the world of my image. And then uh, Cyric appeared after everybody jumped in except me and Mike because Mike was holding open the portal. Cyric, the, the trickster god who gave us the scrolls in yeah, the first Yeah, he place. was in the orb. He'd been hiding in the orb, it turned out. Yes. And he closed the portal and said, okay, uh, now whichever one of you gets the orb will remake the world with me. And Mike and I were going to stand off and apparently... See, okay, one aside is Mike's uh, investment in these games is very different from mine. So he, his characters... I, w- I don't want to say they're min-maxed <laughs> or anything, but they are min-maxed. So he just like threw a, he threw one of his power spells at me just before I could do anything and like insta-gibbed me, basically. Yeah. Um, and so then Mike. Well, this is, this is the thing, Matt. This is the thing, audience. Matt was complaining about this. He's like, oh, I only lost because you're Optima, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but Matt, you play these like characters that are terrible and you delight in it. I know, I know that. I'm, I wasn't upset. Oh, I was mildly upset. Yeah. Because it could have. Okay, so let me put it this way Mike plays characters that are really good. That's his yes. investment. I'm not invested in the mechanical dimension so much, mm-hmm. at least with this game in particular, especially because there were so many people, the mechanics like came up so rarely that I didn't really think about it yeah. ever. You know what I mean? Like you were saying at the table. So I was more interested in the narrative dimension. So that's what I focused on. Yes. Um, I do care about mechanics, I think, but the investment has to be like really th- mechanical yeah. for me. And usually when I'm playing D and D, I'm more concerned about story. Anyway, I was mildly upset, not because Mike won because he did, but because now I personally didn't, enjoy the world he made that much but that's subjective yeah so that's subjective so mike won got the orb got the orb and his world his world was oh it was like a world of like very strict order and yeah 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 so michael said well i mean let me just put let me put it this is the way he pitched it it was very funny he's like you know what i don't want any of these gods anymore i want a a world that's free and the was like oh that's what i was gonna do um, and they said, but I am going to make like really strict hyper moralistic <laughs> laws. Yeah. Yep. So at first it sounded like he was going a little bit like libertarian, but then it turned out he was going like full fascist. So yeah. Michael made a fascist world where everybody had to be a nice boy or a something. Fascist like a good boy. 
You made a fascist utopia yeah. for good boys only. Yeah. And then each one of our characters, he like bestowed upon them like a, a thing that we were in charge of. Yeah. Um, Everybody was revived who had died, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. And Except Visrax. They were all like, yeah, uh, no, I think he did revive. No, no he revived he Boris and he revived Boris's wife because that was like my arc was that I was, um, I wanted to be back with my wife, but my wife was a ghost who would follow me around. Yeah. And I remember Vincenzo was always negging her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vincenzo was an asshole. <laughs> anyway, so Vincenzo's ending was he'd been revived and he was sent back to his like native land to uncover what had become of his family because his whole family, apparently, according to Dan, had died, which was not my original character yeah. design, but it doesn't matter. So his whole family had died, so he went back home and he found his brother whom he had never gotten along with, and they ran an orphanage together like Nacho Libre. <laughs> That's so cute. So cute. And also character development because uh, longtime listeners will remember that Vincenzo is in fact the character of Matt's that pushed the orphans off the roof of the building. Yeah, I never wanted to, though. Those were the orphans I had to take care of. It was like a poetic justice Exactly. Yeah, you redeemed yourself. No, my brother walked up to me and he said, we're going to run an orphanage. I said... Where are the orphans? Because we're at our familial mansion. And he says, Vincenzo, we're going to make the orphans. <laughs> yep. Fantastic. And Bad Billy's ending was he was going to be in charge of, like, animals or some bullshit. Yeah. And I said, well, after my experience with my tigers, I, I endeavored to abuse my tigers way more than before so they know who's boss. <laughs> and Michael didn't want that because his world was a very good boy world. So yeah. I, I just said, okay, I'll be good to my tigers. And that was it. Yeah. And that was the... That was the end. And everybody else had other endings. Now, I, I didn't actually... See, the thing is, I was going to work with Jorthrod to do his ending, because Vincenzo, at no point, had a character motivation where he's like, I'm going to remake the world, so he didn't have a, a motivation, really, yeah. in that regard. Uh, so you were going to make Puss World, Jorthrod yeah. was going to make Libertarian Shithole, and Michael made Fascist World, <laughs> so that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wanted to, um, I wanted to create a world where everybody was just sick all the time, and... You could just drop dead. I wanted to make COVID nineteen. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was inspired. Oof, too soon. Well, there it is. Too soon. Well, it's still going on. So, <laughs> so it's definitely too soon. It's still going on, but nobody cares. So, yes. Well, definitely not where you are. Yeah. I, well, like, real. I don't know anywhere in the United States. I've detected where I've been. I've detected that nobody cares because nobody's doing any of the precautions at all. So, so. That was the that was the end of our campaign the last six years and Matt I just gotta I gotta ask you before we break down the philosophy of this what did you think um so this was my first like serious D and D campaign where it wasn't just one off play sessions or like a few play sessions that we stopped you yeah. know what I mean this was like the first one that no, actually I know lasted so it wasn't yeah, emotional very serious it was very Got it was to play overcooked. Well, when I say serious, I don't mean like emotionally serious so much as just like we were committed to playing <laughs> yeah. frequently, you know? Yeah. And my I was with my character for years. So um, it was emotional for me, you know what I mean? Even though ultimately like the narrative yeah. fizzled out and it didn't really mean as much as it did early on, I still, I cared a lot about what, you know, about an ending. Yeah, that's fair. You know, I just, you talk about having a very serious like commitment to this game and, you know, it was interesting. I did some some digging and uh -oh. there's this rumor going around that is supposedly backed up by some study that about how long your average yeah. campaign lasts 
when you play tabletop RPGs? Do you want to guess how long the average campaign lasts? Um, yeah, okay, so I could give like a... I'm going to give a, a very yeah. sort of conservative estimate and say like three to five months. Uh, say sessions, not months. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I could just say like, yeah, maybe like five to six, somewhere like five to ten sessions. The answer is six. Wow. Okay. Nice so I, job. Nice. Yeah, because like six sessions, that's that's really nothing, especially at the beginning. If yeah. you're like, we're going to do it every week or every two weeks, that's a few months. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like that's maybe three months, like you said, yeah. if you play like like twice a month. Um, now, now do keep in mind that a lot of this is also people just play one shots. Yeah. So that brings down the average a lot, but yeah. you also have groups that play for like six years like us or my professional campaign has been running for, I think we're on our third year right now. Yeah. And so you have these two very extreme versions where people play once very casually a lot of people who've like never played before they just do it once like to, ha to hang out with friends like as an activity like right. you would go to an escape room right and then you have people that play basically like i don't know some people play like their whole lives like i think the longest campaign supposedly is is like 40 years or something well i saw this video of a dm who's like yeah i run this campaign and he had these huge mini like fields yeah. and miniatures and all this stuff right. and he's like i've been running this campaign for 40 years exactly yeah 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 and, you know, to the extent that that's, like, one campaign is... Nebulous. I mean, he'll say it's one campaign. It's, so like, I, I believe it. But, like, for example, in my campaign that... Uh, in the professional campaign we're, we're running, it takes place in the same world as we used to play in college. And it has been affected by the things that happened when we were playing in college. And so every, every year in college we had a new campaign. And at the end of the campaign... There would be some ending, something big would happen, and it would end. But then next year, when we picked it up, starting like 50, 60, 100, 200 years in the future, the events of the previous campaign had had an impact on the rest of the world. And so it's the same world, and the characters that mattered then had an impact. But I call it a different campaign because it's a new story with new characters and it's um, yeah, I would be inclined to call it a new campaign as well, although that's kind of a nebulous question. Is Was Daniels in the same setting as yours? I don't think so. It was not, but it was... Inspired. In some ways was inspired by, and so there are like a couple things that, that tie over, and this actually this sort of ties into the, the episode that we just did in May about the multiverse, that there are certain elements of those campaigns that are, of those campaign worlds that are similar Yep. Or the same. And my character, my main character, Boris uh, Binderwagen, or whatever his name was, he was based on, or he was supposed to be the same character as an NPC that it is, is really present in the other games that I've run in my world. Boris Bloodshackle, the necromancer who makes and sells undead. Oh, very interesting. So that was the arc that I had envisioned for this character was he was going, this was when he was going to discover this thing about himself, but because of the direction that like the story went and the rest of the world went and that he died and the decisions Michael took when he remade the world that like my, my arc changed. And so this version of Boris is different from my version of Boris in my campaign. 
But they are uh, versions of the same person. Exactly. Yep. 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 So what now? What I want to one I'm kind of wondering is like, uh, yeah, when are you gonna add Vincenzo Suarez's orphanage to your uh, world? Oh, the answer to that question is never. I hate Vincenzo. 